Thank you for joining us today at Miniature Wargaming Labs. This will be our first episode for calendar year 2022. My name is James. And I'm Brian. And today, like I said, we're launching into a new year, you might say, but it's towards the end of January. Well, this gives us a chance to brush off the holidays, finally get done with that nonsense and get back to the real work. (laughs) (laughs) So some people in my neighborhood still have their Christmas trees and Christmas lights still up. On the inside, because we have an HOA. Oh gosh, I took those. I took those down the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> right after Thanksgiving, <laughs> <laughs> get set up. Okay, well, Brian, I think for this year, now's the time since it's January. It's time to plot out how the rest of the year is going. So we have our budgets for the year. They should have reset, and uh, they could probably be paid for when those tax refunds come in in a couple months. Oh, yeah. And uh, so if you think about it, put 2020 behind, 2022 is the future. And I know you are getting hardcore back into miniature wargaming. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. You faltered so, and committed heresy. I did, I did falter. So pretty much the entire year of 2021, I didn't really touch a miniature. Um, I did some things here and there very sporadically, but I mostly focused on card games magic being the main one metazoo being the secondary um it's very odd i've focused a lot on to the, uh work um we moved into a new store uh a new uh, shop so it's a lot bigger there's a lot more going on uh so this year i decided to push all that aside since all that's done and you know all my card game shenanigans are going away not really but you know um and i decided to really buckle down and start getting back into my first love of miniature games um so i've been going absolutely ham getting everything ready so i could play as many games as i can in this year so let me ask you going through your uh previous bench of games are you adding or just going back to what you already had because i know you if you don't play a game long enough you'll just sell off the pieces i am doing a little bit of both i'm definitely adding um but i'm definitely going back through my catalog of games and making sure that i have everything set up for them so recently i have added on blood bowl um which i've had a couple teams in boxes of course um but i finally built built a team and now i'm painting it um i have a small team for lord of the rings uh battle companies which is the small skirmish style game for uh the lord of the rings miniature game and then i also added a game called raven's feast which is a uh, small, not not exactly a small skirmish game, but is a skirmish style uh, war game with Vikings. Yeah, that's Little War's free game that they hand out to people to get them into historical uh, miniature war gaming. And this is going to be my first historical, actual historical. No, you, you played Ragnarok, right? That's that's historical. That's very historical. <laughs> well, speaking of Ragnarok, I also got my team ready for that as well. 
Um, I've been delving into Stargrave. Um, I probably have a Frostgrave uh, thing coming up in a couple months. So going back to Frostgrave second edition, um, getting a couple mechs together for Gamma Wolves because that game is super cool. Um, like I said, I am just, I've been playing a lot of Age of Sigmar and building my team and building my army, finally getting everything painted. Um, it's been a very productive January. Well, and it does not feel like it's just January right now. It feels like we're already into February. Well, we're getting pretty close there. Uh, you forgot the most important one. The most important game that you picked up. And... Necromunda. Oh, that's you right. Are you correct. are correct. We are. I am going to be playing Necromunda. You are completely correct. I haven't started building them yet, but we do have. Uh, once AOS has died down and the the popularity that has gone away, uh, I will be doing building a Vansar team for Necromunda. Sorry, gang, not a team. Yeah, but you. Oh, you went with not just the base gang but you also picked up the um champions and hanger on and the juvies box they don't call them oh yeah names. no I, i'm yeah. going full in yeah. i mean i'm already looking at uh forge world miniatures <laughs> like i'm probably gonna get a couple forge world miniatures <laughs> when i go into a game i'm going into it <laughs> oh so that comes up to like why you're doing this now um so you've got your tuesdays off so the stars aligned again. So it's just like in the before times. Yes. When uh, back in the uh, good old days, um, uh, we I had Tuesday off. And that was the day that I would go into game. And I would start at the beginning of the day. We, Me and you would play either something. We, you, you would introduce So that was Kill Team and Battle Tech. I yes. Think. Yeah. Yeah, Kill Team Battletech were the main ones. And then Blackstone Fortress there for a yes. little while. Um, and then I would pick up games throughout the day and I would go home when the store closed. It was all day gaming. That was my one day to game. And uh, throughout the pandemic, I haven't really had that day. And of course, you know, it's the pandemic. So there's not much gaming to be had. Um, but now that, you know, things are kind of better. Um and there's people that are safe to play with. And I, I have now Tuesdays off again. I am going to restarting not as much as I was. I'm not definitely not going to do an all day thing. I still want to go home at a regular time. Um, but definitely come in when the store opens. Um, record um, this. Which, which we're doing right now. It's Which we are doing right now. We yeah. are both in, uh, in games right now. Um, but then I have a couple games lined up for today. So, yeah, so I'm definitely getting back into the swing of it. And now I have nights off after seven. And that means I could grab a game after work if I wanted to, which is really nice. Um, so, yeah, the stars have aligned where I can actually start to play games again. Yeah, and I'm waiting for things to get warmer and then uh, probably do uh, my backyard. You've seen it. We'll yeah. do yeah. I have seen it. Yes. <laughs> we'll do the uh, pic picturesque view of the Sandia mountain from my backyard. Water <laughs> features gone, but uh, I'll set up there once things get warmer. So my, I used the pandemic. I didn't pick up 
new rule books really um i just started buying more miniatures and painting them up because i thought what's the point of getting a new game by the time i get back to playing these games will be out of fashion because you know like anything else like you walk into a store and say everyone's playing this by the time you check out well we don't play that anymore that's a dead game it's like but you know what miniatures stay consistent so i started painting those so my uh big disappointment was i play most of my games when i travel back east to the dc metro new york city metro area so my store in dc the guy retired and so from where i i normally had a really convenient like hotel next to work next to game store and he retired and he shut down it's like I have games that I can only play here because no one in Albuquerque plays these games. <laughs> I don't know any Team Yankee players. I don't know. <laughs> no. And then that is the funny thing about Albuquerque is we have, I think we have close to 10 or 11 different gaming stores. It's um, insane. Half, what, 600,000 people in the metro area. Yeah. And I and think there's well, enough stores where we can put every nerd in the, in the city into a store and have room to game. Um, now, most of them are card game centered, but when you look at the miniature games, it's very interesting because you have a very small crowd that plays anything other than 40K and Age of Sigmar. And even the Age of Sigmar crowd is very small. It's a, this is a 40K heavy town. That is, this is, that's what they play. There you could you could get games and of other things, but like I was talking to my friend uh, about Malifaux, and he's from Austin, and he's just like, yeah, we have twenty people out there that play Malifaux, and I'm like, I can't even name one person out here that plays Malifaux. Malifaux. Well, it's Austin weirdos. I mean, <laughs> that is true, but. I mean, like Frostgrave, I had somebody come in the other day. It's just like, and I talked about Frostgrave. They're like, you play Frostgrave? I'm like, yeah, I do. It's, it's one of my favorite games. It's like, wow, I've never seen anybody talk about Frostgrave outside of me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, there's actually a decent amount of people in this town that know about Frostgrave, at least. And some of them play it. Um, but it's very small. And like the people that know about it and there's people that play it, it like it just gets smaller, the like... And then there's like the dedicated crowd that's like, I will play Frostgrave anytime you say it. And that's like me and one other person. That's well, I mean, we've, we've talked that, about that before with um, having like a champion for a game in the local area who um, can actually have everything intro somebody, have all the terrain, everything, mastery, the rules. Um, you know, the, the pandemic didn't help. I mean, you have no place no. to like gather people. Um, so even when people were playing games, it was mostly um, home-based. Yeah. And uh, gosh, from our from our Facebook feeds, it was what BattleTech and 40K. It was the most accessible games at the time, and the people that knew about BattleTech, uh, the pandemic hit right around their their renaissance they're re-emerging well so for this for the albuquerque battletech crowd a lot of those guys haven't bought a new mech in like 20 years exactly. so that that no pan you know at the death of fasa 
didn't stop that crowd. There's no way a pandemic <laughs> was going to stop them from playing. <laughs> they just woke up from hibernation finally and saw the saw the rays of sun from uh, Catalyst Games and found their way to our store. So that one in 40k, which is, I mean, you walk into any store, you're going to see 40k. You're not going to see a display of Frostgrave or other small games and how people get into these smaller games is that they go to game stores buying their 40k games and they, they see somebody playing uh, team Yankee or Frostgrave and they're like, wow, that's really cool. What are you playing? And you're like, Oh, this is this and that and blah, blah, blah. These are the basic rules. And that's how you get people interested during the pandemic. You didn't get that. So you're seeing a lot of people, I'm at least I'm seeing a lot of people in as I work in the game store, I see a lot of people play coming in to play 40k and Age of Sigmar. But then I see these other groups finally coming out. Like I've we have a war uh war machine group that comes in on Thursdays. Up until that point, I've never seen a game of war machine. I thought that game was completely gone. Um but they're they're coming out like we have a champion that like like we were saying like there's the champion he has terrain he has two armies he like he's ready to teach people the game he is there every day whether or not somebody shows up he is there ready to go um the x-wing crowd has grow been growing um the blood bowl game has been growing there's uh, a lot of new games that are popping up now that people are actually coming in to play games Okay. Well, I know just what just this year, I think uh, you were like the third person to mention to me picking up Necromunda. So I have a feeling that 2021 was a transition year and 2022 is going to be the launch. Like everyone's reevaluated their uh, miniature and gaming collections. And it's like um, it's a clean slate right now. So yes. if you're if you're a store champion, now's the time to like look for uh, recruits. And this is why I'm getting everything together this year. It's just like there's there's people asking about other games. There's people like actually wanting to build other things other than 40k. There's people wanting to play uh, games that are outside of the Games Workshop line. And now even even there's games that Games Workshop makes that I find are absolutely amazing, but nobody plays them like Necromunda, um, the Lord of the Rings miniature games, um, Blood Bowl. I think all of those are great underdogs of the Games Workshop line that don't get their day in the sun because 40K and AOS are just so big. Well, I think now's a good time to bring up Kill Team 2.0. Yes. Because... That is one that launched with much fanfare. And from the other podcasts I listened to is people who weren't traditionally games workshop people are actually very attracted to Kill Team 2.0. For example, Star Wars Legion Skirmish. I know players from there who say, you know, Legion uh, Kill Team 2.0 is what I wish Star Wars Skirmish had been. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. So it's like the individual control there. I, you know, I bought the stuff. I looked at it, 
But it seems to me, and you know, you're on the retail side, that a lot of people who bought into that just wanted the models. They wanted Deathcore of Krieg um, from the initial Octarius release, mm-hmm. and they wanted the um, Orc Terrain. Um, is is good box value for the Krieg guys because you could sell those on eBay all day long. Yep. And good terrain. I took. I bought it for the terrain. Got rid of everything else just because I wanted the terrain for Necromunda because it file off some orc symbols and you've got or uh, Necromunda's theme terrain. But when Kill Team 1.8 1.0 came out and you got that main rule book, every faction was in that rule book. Everyone could yeah. play right out the gate. They're they're just slowly dribbling out stuff. And it's spread between like different box sets, issues of White Dwarf. Um, it's hard not to the keep big up. splash. Yeah, because you need the base book, you need the compendium, you need the measuring tools, and the there's the box of tokens and everything that you could get, which I like because you get all the tokens separate and everything, which I I definitely think is a good move. But it's just another thing that you have to buy. Um, I mean, right off the bat, that's three items that you have to buy. And not all the armies are in the compendium. They just added... Uh, that that compendium was garbage. I am sorry. $50 for like... crap. I mean, it, it barely got your kill teams into the game. Yes. So, I mean, if I wanted to take... Because like, I had a Space Marine kill team and it's like... The scout, I have a Space Marine Scout Sniper with a Primaris Bolter guy with a Tactical Space Marine Heavy Bolter. And it's like, you can really mix them up. That was like, well, you can take one. Like, you can take Reavers or you can take that. Or yeah, it's not it an and. have the dynamics that Kill Team 1.0 did. You know, which which upset me. It upset me because it's like, I know you're going to make a dynamic in the future. So this is a stopgap, kind of like the um, Imperium indexes from 7th to 8th edition, which are like the biggest waste of money because why not? I'll just wait until my faction codex comes out. Yeah, exactly. It's just a way to be like, okay, well, here's the great rules and we don't need to update these rules because it's in a separate book. But we have this other book that you need to need to have to play, but we're going to update that later on so that you have to buy that again. Yeah, I think they did really well with the rules. I think um, that it is going to be a it's a much stronger game than 1.0 and it has a lot more draw to it than 1.0. But the the problems with the compendium and not having enough model diversity is going to be a big problem for it that of course will be fixed in the future because that's going to sell a book um and <laughs> but you, then, we're going to buy the book but by then have you missed your chance because it's that when the game first comes out like say you're a dark eldar player kill team 1.0 comes out are you really going to drop was it 40 bucks on the rule book 50 bucks 50 bucks on the compendium and then just wait for that someday in the future when maybe that issue of White Dwarf has your faction in it. Or are you going to say to yourself, you know what, I'll just wait for that issue of White Dwarf to come out. That'll have my kilting faction in it. 
And when that issue of White Dwarf comes out, he said, you know what? I've really changed my mind. Kill Team 2.0 is not that hot right now. Uh, I'll pass. I'll do yeah. something else. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, by them doing this, they, a lot of people, they add another level to people's cost analysis of getting into the game. And I think that's where, I think that's one of the strong, the, the weak points of Games Workshop is the cost analysis. Um, let's take the Tau, for instance, if you're getting into 40K. Uh, two months ago, if you're really into Tau, if you like, like see them and you realize you look that you look them up, you say, you see that they are losing competitions. Like nobody's playing them. You can get the models for really cheap there. You're, but you're going to lose. Like everybody says that they're, they're bottom tier. And so you decide, okay, well, I'm going to play something that has already been updated. And then next month you, you realize, Oh, well, they're going to update it. I'm not going to buy the new codex though, because I am already, I already chose space Marines. And so now I'm on space Marines. There's a really weird timing aspect with 40 K and games workshop games where they don't release everything at the same time. And it makes people feel pushed into a certain area. So either they don't or they do. And if they do, they sometimes feel like they shouldn't have. And if they don't, they sometimes feel like they should have. Yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. Like I could play Tau or you, I can chase the meta or not chase the meta. Yes. Those are my options. And no matter which way I go, I can feel bad about it. Yes, exactly. Because if you were lucky enough to be like well i'm just going to choose the tau anyways because i just like their aesthetic and i really want to build these miniatures and then later on it's like oh cool i chose an army that is now i might win now instead of losing every single game i play which feels bad if you're if you choose something for aesthetics but you lose constantly you don't feel great about your choice See, at least when Blood Bowl, when you play Halflings, at least it looks fun. Everyone looks exactly. like they're having well, fun. See, and that's that's the other thing that makes me the makes the GW case so interesting is because when you do have these other games like Blood Bowl, where you play a tier three team versus a tier one team, you're still gonna have fun because Blood Bowl is just fun. And playing the game is fun where 40k is if you're not because you play a full game no matter what you're going to be playing a full game of blood bowl in 40k if you just get wiped off the table the first turn what's the point of playing you can't move anything you're already done you are the game's over with um so they do have these great games and they do have these games that i see a lot of improvement needing but also are very popular but they're intro games. It's very, it's, they're the most visible to everybody. So they get people in the door. They get people to sit down. They get people to come in. And that's when you get them with other games. You play the cool games next to the people playing 40K. And they'll be interested on what's going on in that table. 
Well, you know, I think now's a good time since we beat up on Games Workshop and Kill Team as an excellent example of like going into the future, Kill Team should be dominant in 2022. And if there's a full convention scene and tournament scene, I can see it taking off. If that doesn't happen, Kill Team might flounder going forward. But let's move to Silver Bayonet. Where the heck did that come from? <laughs> Out of nowhere. <laughs> like what who was plan who was in that planning session? I mean, well, I, we all bought the book. But yes. you have to think from if it wasn't for Joseph McCullough backing it, who would ever think the idea of playing alternate weird history Napoleonic skirmish? Yeah, I mean that's so I think Joseph is very much a person like me where we like the idea of historicals, but we don't like historicals. So he, I think he has that idea of like, yeah, I kind of want to play a historical in a historical sense. I want to play a game that's based in a historical time, but I don't like playing with real people. What do I do? Well, you throw vampires and werewolves at them. Boom. Then everything is make-believe. Everything is fantasy. And now that is now, you are now separated from a reality, which I, which is how I like. I don't like historicals. I like, I like the idea of historicals and I've thought about playing historicals, but every time I'm just like, I'd rather play a fantasy or sci-fi game. Or something in the middle there. I don't want to be, I don't want to play Napoleonic. I don't want to play a World War II game. I don't want to play, I, I just, I don't like those type of games. But Silver Bayonet meets me in the middle where it's like, hey, this is a Napoleonic era game, but here's some werewolves. Have fun. Yeah. So I was looking at it. So we talked about like if you walked into a store, like any gaming store around here that does miniature wargaming, you'll have the Games Workshop stand, at least. Like you'll have the single stand up there or on maybe the paint rack and the display case. And you say, and you can ask any retailer, okay, the book's over there, the models are over there, the paint's over there. Now I'm going to verbally walk you through all the crap you got to do to even get started on this. Um, but it's all there. If I came in and said, oh, look, here's a rule book, Silver Bayonet. What do I need for this? And it's like, well, you're going to need some Napoleonic era miniatures to flesh out your force. Do you sell those? There's nobody around no. here who, who keeps. So because I was, I was looking at that because Alex and I, Alex works with uh, you in the store. Yeah. And um, I got him. His, my Christmas gift to him was Silver Bayonet. Okay, let me let me de-risk you this proposition for you, but then it's like, well, what about the miniatures? Like, so the monster side is actually pretty easy because when you read the descriptions, you can just go over to the Whiz Kids rack. Yes, um, werewolves are werewolves. Yeah, vampires, they don't have clothes yeah. on. Hey, they're werewolves. Yeah, so uh, okay, that makes a little sense. harder. Yeah. I, I don't know. A lot of people, I think, are theming them as if they're um, vampires who just never updated their wardrobe from when they turned. So yes. I, I see some people from um, 
But if you did one of that, uh, a vampire miniature, most vampire miniatures are very Victorian. If you're looking into Hitler, any fantasy setting, it's always a Victorian Gothic horror type. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, they're half a century later. Yes. Um, like Black Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's always that's close to a century later. Not quite, but so I was looking at it, it as like because North Star has their release, and I bought some of the um, metal miniatures that North Star is putting out for yeah, this. You bought the the big bundle that we're splitting, correct? Yeah. Well, they had a discount on it, so that's coming, and you're going to take. Um, some the of the Russian. stuff out of there. Yeah, yeah. you're going to take the Russians. and um, But if you didn't do that, I was actually looking through what I had and it's like, well, how could I do this? So I went on to like Warlord Games and so I was like, well, here's what you can do. You can go to their 28 millimeter Napoleonic section and if you look at just the command packs of like what would be like a battalion command so you look at the officers and you look at some of these metal figures that are like specialty ones. It's like, okay, that's how you do it. You don't get the big blocks of like 30 guys. You can get like their old metal ones that they put in the clamshell, mm-hmm. but you still got to order those. And I've bought issues of war games illustrated and they'd throw in like free sprues. And I've been collecting those long enough. I actually looked at it and said, oh, I've got some Napoleonic mounted guys in here <laughs> see so i've hoarded up long enough that i was i was prepared <laughs> for silver bayonet but if you're if you're just a casual person coming along there is no easy way um to get into that one at your average store so when i played at eagle and empire before it closed down they played black powder uh so warlord games black powder they didn't sell the miniatures on the shelf yeah. Even though they played it there, it's like so few people bought into that. Finding a store that keeps that stuff stocked on the shelf. I mean, Infinity is a more popular game and it's tough to find someone who keeps those miniatures oh, in yeah. stock constantly. I mean, there's, I know of like two or three stores which are bigger. There's one small store that I know that keeps a good stock of them. But it, yeah, it's, it's, just not on there like it's it's hard to find other miniature games other than 40k and aos and any games workshop outside of those the owner or the people working there really have to be the champions in order for it to be on the shelf because like i've seen i've gone into stores where infinity was the game like everybody played that but the the store owner or the people that work there didn't really click with it so it was never on the shelf. So it's it, getting something on the shelf and having people be able to find stuff for that kind of thing makes it hard. Yeah. Oh, so, that that's where I was going. Um, Frostgrave, Blood Legacy, the expansion after... Um, yes, the vampire. Yeah, a lot of people are looking at using those vampires for um, Silver Bayonet. Oh, seen yeah, that would actually be yeah. pretty good. Yeah, so that's, but yeah, all right. So we'll, I was trying to remember where I was going with that. That's where I was going. So I've, I've been looking at some of the Blood Legacy ones, but I already have some uh, vampires from WizKids I, there. And, and like you said, werewolves are the easiest one. Were, yeah. Werewolves are werewolves. 
I mean, I play Soulblight Gravelords, so I have vampires for days. <laughs> but uh, that, that's why it's like, when I've looked at it, Napoleonic Skirmishing, anytime you thought about that, people think Napoleonic big gains. Yes. That, so I mean, that's what say, I was thinking as soon as it like, as soon as it was released, it's like Napoleon, I was just like, what are they going to do? Like, is this going to be like Oathmark, but like a Napoleonic and but like have werewolves it's like i didn't really understand what was going on until they're like no this is a skirmish game and this is uh, akin to uh frostgrave well so i i thought the same as you and i was actually excited about that so i i got in a conversation up in uh it's near uh medford new york on long island uh men at arms hobbies there's like a old guy in there and like you know he he wants to retire before this internet thing really gets off the ground and really grabs oh, hold so yeah. um because he's not ready for that <laughs> so we Nobody were talking knew. about that and it was the like internet's not gonna last i I was, <laughs> I, I was telling him it's like um you know i i actually wouldn't mind a fantasy-based rank and flank napoleonics so my rows of napoleonics with like a dragon in the middle or a couple dragons so uh that one person who did like the harry potter she had those prequel novels i think i watched one once with my daughter there but uh one of the characters makes reference like during world war one he served with like the hungarian dragon corps uh well, i thought yeah, yeah. You know what? That would actually be cool if you have like instead of having like dragoons, actually having like you know dragons. imperial guard dragons, <laughs> and you just just treat them as like mobile cavalry aggregate into one block or something. It'd be kind of like the Wars of Oz, which is like a rank and flank, but instead of like soldiers, you have like Jabberwocks. Um, and... Yeah, uh, they have like Dark these pumpkins lizards. with axes that are all formed up into ranks and like scarecrow people and. I saw that and said, that looks pretty cool. I wouldn't mind like Napoleon directing his dragon corps to like charge <laughs> into like uh, the Prussian flank or something. It's like, but, but instead we got a skirmish game. Okay. And when you think skirmish, you think the only thing I thought of was two fat lardies sharp practice, mm -hmm. which is not big in the U S. Um, so I'm sure when Osprey puts out silver bayonet in the UK, these guys can go to like their Napoleonic collections, their sharp practice collections and say, okay, well, I'll drop in some werewolves um, or I'll kit bash one of my umpteen pla Perry miniature uh, <laughs> Highlanders and like, we'll play this game. Cause yeah, they actually really encourage a lot of kit bashing. I'm surprised when you look at the art and you read the description, you see like um, your officer leaders have like purity seals on them. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like okay i see where they're going with this if you want to play napoleonics but you want to kit bash because that this seems is... where i want to go yeah yeah they have mixed units and like um uh french marines partnered up with french artillery and like a crazy priest and let's go out there and do this thing so okay yeah it's definitely interesting and i mean you you, you got me the same christmas presents yeah, yeah. i was like <laughs> Well, Sean, so Sean backed the book. 
a lot harder. And I think based solely, uh, so the owner of the store backed Silver Bayonet. You mean uh, I... Oh, okay. You filled out the order form? I Yes, we do the orders. Sean, Sean does stuff. Well, he must have not showed up that day. You submit, sent in the fax or whatever, but... Uh, <laughs> But there were a lot of copies there, so it's like okay, and surprising number of them sold. Yeah, but I don't yeah, know if I mean, those are just shelf copies and moved solely because of Joseph McCullough's name. We have two, uh, so we or I ordered seven copies because I knew I wanted one and you wanted one, so I was like, okay, five. We'll see how it goes because I usually do five. Any anytime Osprey does a new book, I usually do five copies for the shelf because i want to see how well it does compared to other ones and out of those five copies that were for the shelf we have two left um one of them went to alex as you said and then uh another two went to another group that we know that are super interested in the game because they're getting into historics and this is like a transition from fantasy based games to a historical game so they're like, well, this is perfect because this is like this meets us in the middle. And then like I could get stuff for historicals and still play fantasy. And it's just another game that I can play with all my stuff. Um, so there, there is def- there's definitely a spot for it. It goes to show that, you know, let's get weird with games. Like the weirder the game, I think, you know, let's do let's do some weird stuff with games because I think that's going to be popular. And so, I mean, that, that does bring in the point, like, um, let's say um, Silver Bayonet takes off. So I have a British um, faction. And it's like, well, I've played this for a while. You know what? I'll go ahead and order a Sharps Practice um, from Two Fat Lardies. You can just get the PDF if you want. Yeah. So I'll download the PDF. All right. A couple more guys. War Games Atlantic has those cheap boxes. So for 40 bucks, I can expand it to that. And, you know, a little bit more, you could be playing 20 millimeter uh, black powder, second yes. edition from Warlade. So I was like, okay, I could see if Silver Bayonet takes off, pe- moving, people moving from fantasy to historical fantasy to full historical. I could, I could see that taking off. But, I mean, that's different companies involved. At least when Games Workshop shepherds you through, um, they have a plan for like how they're going to move you up and, and through there. But, you know, let's, let's turn that to um, maybe we're just chasing the flavor of the month, like the silver bayonet. Cause you've seen that with plenty of games. It's like hot for two minutes. Um, and it's not held by the fact that North star could not release a lot of the miniatures. Like they did half the factions with the book and the other half, after the um just recently so you couldn't yes. even get all the factions the way north star saw them so probably the only way people are in the u.s are going to play this so it's like by the time people get like wave two like russians were in wave two that's what you wanted to play yep will will this be like magnesium it already burned out the flash is gone you finally get your game you haven't even painted them up and people are like well we looked at silver bayonet but no one played so we all gave up just put our books on the shelves so it's like that that happens with a lot of games um i think that happens with most games to be honest which is why we need champions 
of the game. And I, I, I feel like miniaturist agnostic games are meant as not for longevity, but for ease of play. Which is why I think they have their, the, which is where their staying power is. So yes, like Frostgrave comes out and it's super popular, and that one actually does have a lot of staying power because of the ease of miniatures that you can play. It's a good crossover from, let's say, D and D to a miniature game. Um, a lot of people have these miniatures. A lot of people, you know, if you've been playing fantasy games for a while, you have almost everything you need to play. So well, that was the advantage of Oathmark, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, it, it, exactly. And like, it, like Oathmark is, for example, is a you know, there's not a lot of rank and flank games, so that one just takes another place of the rank and flank game that people have these miniatures for that they played um, Warhammer Fantasy. It's 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 supposed to be a book for people that play that have played Warhammer Fantasy to say, oh, well, now I could play again with another game. So I, I think I don't think that the light ever dies on these games. It's just. I don't know. It, that's actually a really good question. And we could we could postulate on that for a while. Um They're meant. To, I think these games are meant to be for the people that have the miniatures to play them. I don't know if they're meant to get people into them. Yeah, because I know when uh, was the first one we did Ragnarok. That yeah, that one has a lot of miniatures that just aren't made. You have to go to. You have. Oh, yeah, to he had like a list of twenty companies that he used. Yeah. Now I think you and I just went the uninspired route of just getting like the Vitrix or the Saga. We didn't go for like the, you know, um, Viking heavy metal rock band cover themed armies. Like, you know what? Oh no, I I just go. Well, you, you went with the um, Highlander. There can be only one. I remember you bought some of the uh, pieces. I didn't, I I don't even have those anymore. What? Don't (laughs) even, I know. I actually have like, I have, I have miniatures from, I think seven different companies. Like I have, Two from the Pathfinder, the two from the Pathfinder line that are metal. I have one from Cousin Vinny's that was from the Vikings show. I have one from a Masterworks line. I have one from another company that's metal. I like it is a complete mix, and it looks like they're really great. Like I bought them all off of my friend, and he was like, he just like collected. Uh, Viking miniatures and I was like I want all of those because those are perfect for this game that I'm playing and he's like oh cool and then I got him into the game later and he's just like dang I wish I didn't sell you all those miniatures <laughs> because those would have been perfect for this <laughs> so he went and bought Victrix and but Victrix is what I'm using for uh, Raven's Feast well so that, that made sense is because I bought the Saga uh, Vikings box because it's something I found on I think eBay for like 30 bucks it gave me for Ragnarok it actually gives you enough for both sides in that one box if you wanted to um, and it's like and if I ever play Saga 
I will already have these done and painted and ready to go. <laughs> so it's like that. That's why I think I've spent most of 2020 and 2021 just bulking up, uh, rounding out the collection of miniatures, not worried about rule books, but it's like, I know someday now I didn't predict that someday Osprey would put out a um, Gothic horror Napoleonic skirmish game. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, that one was left. <laughs> but, I left. Figure, but I figure, you know what, medieval knights, you know, make up some cut of arms, throw those together. Uh, some World War II guys, okay, throw those together. <laughs> They'll, I'm sure something will come come around something for them. Will come up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got to like do said, something during these Zoom calls. The, let's get weird with the ideas. There has <laughs> like, I'm thinking prehistoric fantasy. Well, you know, you, I honestly, if I had to say like they were going to do something weird, I would have thought steampunk, like thrown in that's, right there. You know, that's a, that's a go-to that, that is definitely. And I think they wanted to, I think that I'm pretty sure that was like the idea that came up first, like, Hey, steampunk. in the planning meeting. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, you know, that's been done so many times. I mean, there's Malifaux, um, there's other games let's try some let's what about another era well let's just you know take that idea and push it back a little bit and well they just ended up in the napoleonic era so well i know well so what made me think of that is uh the company that does blood and plunder and blood and valor so the pirate game and the world war one game mm-hmm. they're doing blood and steel um, which is going to be their victorian skirmish game and so when I saw that, it's like, you know what? That's a good point. Why didn't Joseph McCollum just do his gothic horror, but in Victorian times? Because with the steampunk miniature wargaming crowd, uh, like uh, in Her Majesty's service, there's plenty of miniatures out there for that. Um, there are some gaming communities in the U.S. That would have seemed like an easier transition. But, you know, I, I, think, I, think, so. it's, I think it speaks to his uh, power that his name could carry, even if it falls apart, it, it's gone a lot farther than I ever would have thought. It's like, I mean, I you catch that game 10 years ago, it would have never been made. Or it would have been, you know, one of those indie press games that you know nobody nobody ever heard of like you know, board games vault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you remember the best game of 2012? Or the best game of 2009. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think Joseph McCullough definitely has made a name for himself, and that name definitely carries weight. So I, I think that he could pretty much make anything, and somebody will want to play it. Oh, definitely. Now, looking at going forward so we don't know how things are going to play out but there hasn't been any massive shutdowns uh yet recently no. so i mean for you guys your new space you haven't actually added tables you just spread them out and you've yes. got the private rooms here uh which i appreciate um has the the private rooms worked out are a lot of people using that or are they still mixing in the general space no, it's it's a little. It's definitely a mix of both. I mean, there's nights where every table is taken, um, 
including the the room which i mean which is what we want is we want people to use that so that that brings up um the convention scene because i think um i'm not doing um in-store play or conventions this year i'm gonna give it some more time um i would have to i I mean i'm doing in-store gameplay um with very very select people i mean one day a week that's all i'm ever gonna do and then yeah but conventions i completely agree i'm not going (laughs) anywhere near that you know it people get sick at conventions Regardless of a pandemic, it's called yeah. confunk, and it happens every time. Like, no, like that's just gonna happen. Well, so I know um, there are a couple times like Nova Open. You look at some of those food trucks that pull up. So you never went to Nova Open with me. No. Like we were supposed to go, and then that one fell apart because uh, yes. it got canceled. <laughs> but there's there's some of those food trucks that line up there, and okay. I never eat there at those food trucks because what you got to understand is that those food trucks work in DC where I work and they're a really big part of the civil service lunch crowd. So mm-hmm. those, they pull up at lunch times in front of different government buildings and they all rotate around like who covers what buildings. Some of those trucks, like if you go to this one federal facility, there will be nine food trucks lined up there. And there will be a line at eight of them. And there will be one food truck that no one goes to. So you have to take that as a sign that everyone in that building knows and understands something about that food truck. <laughs> you don't go to that food truck. <laughs> so then when you go to Nova Open and said, oh, hey, there's that food truck. <laughs> <laughs> These are all the food trucks that are they're the ones that well, I won't go that far but there's a couple of them that weeded in that you know they won the bid I I, <laughs> I take my daughter to the um cafe there's a uh dinette diner across the street from Nova that's where we mm-hmm. go she likes the chicken wings there so uh but so I'm going to skip the convention scene but a lot of them are still going down yeah um LVO's happening this weekend and that's, I know that's something we need to talk about because normally we do the um, hand the guy that's going the money and he can go get all the exclusive miniatures. Yes. And I have a guy. Well, I have actually, there's a lot of people going to this event. Because that's the nearest one for us uh, here out West. Yes. Um, yeah, because there was, there's nothing really in Texas. Um, outside of historical. Yeah, there's, there's, there's only 10 people there. <laughs> you know, it's such it's such a drive. Like Las Vegas is eight hours away from here. So it's like a day drive. There's some cities in Texas that are day drive. But I mean, honestly, you need to go to Houston. Yeah. Or Dallas. And it's just I'm not driving out there. Oh, no. Houston is forever away from from us. For, for me to drive that far, someone's got to pay me, <laughs> which is yeah, normally my rule. i pay for my way out there to rep the store. There we go. <laughs> because he, I, honestly, if it's in Houston, he would go. Well, he's, he's from there, yeah. He is, He yeah, he has a love affair with Houston. So, yes. <laughs> so, that, 
that brings up um, as we move forward, probably as I look at the games I'm going to play. So I'm looking at um, Necromunda because, like I said, for some reason, um, three people associated with the store and um, they all kind of live on like the west side. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, where I am. So it's like, okay, well, we can come to my house. I've got all the terrain and boards and all the factions. Yeah, I've got all the stuff. If you want to try this out, we can do it there. Um, beyond that, I want to, exp I think Silver Bayonet will be my experimental game. That'll be my Hail Mary there. And then um, I've got uh, Spectre Operations, which Alex is into. Mm -hmm. I think um, we could probably experiment with that game. And then um, Project Z. Yeah, you just got that big box in. Yes. So the reason I honestly bought that is because I wanted the miniatures. And so Warlord is one of those go-to places for like, if you want cheap miniatures that you can um, kit bash and custom and swap heads and everything, so I really, I bought one of everything for Project Z just so I could see what was on the frame. Because like the modern special operations frame, it's called like US special operations box. You look at some of those options. Um, like, no, I don't think anyone fighting a zombie uprising, despite what you see on um, AMC with their zombie show, no one carries yeah. RPG sevens. Okay, no. they're not available on the market. U.S. military is not equipping themselves with RPG-7s, but they have a guy with one. And they have some head and hat options that is like, you know what? Some of these weapons, and I can grab the AK-47s from the World War II. I can actually make Ukraine. Or I, can do some, I can do some African uh, mercenary outfits, some of the Chinese and uh, Russian mercenaries down in Africa. So it's like... I've, I want some of these frames just for the weapon options. Maybe not for that game. But the weapon options. Yeah. Right. So what, once again, I'm getting a thin rule book. I'll just throw that up on the shelf next to Drug yep. War Z. Um, and then I've got all these frames that I can put together just good background miniatures, which I've been doing for the past two years, just like building up collections of stuff that can be used in a wide variety of areas so i might i might try that game out and uh you know it bulks out the forces for drug war z which i got from brigade games yeah, there you uh, go um and if i can find a historical group i still have my world war ii so we'll see how much of that actually comes together in the year coming but i think necromunda is going to be the lead one there because i've got the most people interested in that yes yeah and of course you know me being at the store i can whatever i'm playing people will play <laughs> if i say hey we're gonna play this this month people will be like oh that's what we're playing this month you're right <laughs> so th that is the nice thing about you know working at a store is like whatever i choose is the game of the month it's the game of the month listen i, I think that that might be a good lesson there for um how to think about a year going up is just put your energy into one game that's going to be your workhorse. So for me, Necromunda. So I'm going to put a lot of time and I'm going to think, okay, every month I'm going to play that. And then take um, a game that's going to be your experimental, like your throwaway, this month, your Hail Mary pass, and that's going to be Silver Bayonet. And then try to pick like three 
other games that, you know, um, you might get a game every once in a while in um, something like infinity. Uh, so what I'm saying is games workshop always, cause you can always get that anyway. Osprey because people seem to roll in and out all the time and everyone else fits in the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like mine would be, um, I mean, AOS is just the, I'm can always get a game in with that. And I have a full 2000 points army um, blood bowl. And Blood Bowl is the one I'm going to be focusing on for a little bit. A, I only have like 10 miniatures to paint. And I'm going with very simple black and red paint schemes because I'm, I got classic metal miniatures. And, you know, the only thing I'm doing with the base is splattering goblin green on it. <laughs> going with the classic grass green look. Um, and I'm also joining a league. So I'm guaranteed to get games in. You know, I, I have the Blitz Bowl second edition box. Yeah. And I have some of the Blitz Bowl teams. We should try that out. I'm just, total, I have, I have, I have Blitz Bowl uh, teams as well that I was thinking of getting rid of. But I mean, I also have another two Blood Bowl game, uh, teams that I have as well. So, well, so that, so that was the thing I like about the Blitz Bowl two second edition box is the cards for every faction are in that box. So I bought that box. So I could show up to your Blood Bowl games and everyone could play Blitz Bowl. Yeah. Without having to have bought into Blitz Bowl. Because if you bought into Blood Bowl for a full team, you already have twice as many miniatures that you'll as what make. you need. Um, and see, like, that's... Shorter games definitely interest me. So Blitz Bowl is right up my alley. I've been looking into grabbing that box because, I mean... I mean, sadly, I can't buy it at my store. But, you know... Yeah, those are the Barnes & Noble exclusives. Yep. And then I think my Hail Mary one is going to be in the Necromunda. I have a couple of people that are interested in that one. So that'll be my secondary. And then my Hail Mary is going to be Gamma Wolves. Well, you know, I. So Gamma Wolves works if everyone plays in the same scale. So you've already That's... got a Battletech crowd there. So if you say, let's all play in. Let's all pretend this six millimeter scale. Oh, none is... of them are not going to play. They're, if they're going to be playing mechs, they're going to be playing battle tech. Well, yeah. So they'll throw their mechs in. The other ones that are easy fit were the infinity. Yes, because that's, just that's the scale I'm going to go for. Is okay. the infinity scale, the 28 millimeter large mech size. Yeah. It's a little harder to a little harder to do. So I, I have been sourcing miniatures throughout the throughout the internet to build enough for two people to play <laughs> so that, you know, I can actually get a game in at the scale that I want. Well, you know, those tags aren't cheap. Those tags are not cheap at all. I mean, I have, I have four uh, myself. So, I mean, there's, there's a small team right away. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. They are not cheap at all. But there's yeah. also, there's a lot of 3d printing now. So there's like I've been finding some really good 3D printed stuff that would work. So there's options. Yeah, I was actually I was actually looking at um, there's a company Rebel Miniatures. They were originally on on Tabletops Friday uh, YouTube thing, and they had some power suit guys. I was like that would work well in uh, Gamma Wolves there. I yeah, mean, I have I have the book. 
So, I mean, I could see that as like a drop-in game. But I don't have – I have the battle tech. I don't have enough. And see, I have battle tech too. So, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. – that would be easy. That would that's the easy scale. And let's see, that's why I don't want to do that scale. It's too easy. <laughs> we already have everything. We have battle tech. But you want to be like MCP. You know what? Screw it. 40 millimeter. <laughs> yeah. Let's do all Gundams. We're going Gundam scale. Well, that that's uh so I've been working on building my um I built a tile system urban terrain board. So then I realized, wait, these tiles I got aren't 12 by 12. I actually measured them. Like, oops. So I went out and bought new tiles to make 12 by 12. So I can do um, a bunch of other games on that. So we'll have to see about Batman. I know my uh, my wife's running a and d group for um, some kids and uh, doing like a paint day. So I've, I'm trying to get that table set up. So like the window they pass by to go to my backyard, you could look in. And like see all the 32 millimeter battle uh, <laughs> Batman people like standing on buildings, playing on the board. Like, don't worry about this yeah. D&D role-playing games. games. That, that those are for losers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play <Yeah>. Batman. <laughs> hey, hey, little kid. <laughs> Come over here. <laughs> you like superheroes? <laughs> All right, so let's uh, looking forward here, Brian. What? Let's do our horizon scan. Knowing like you've got your year set out, what are you looking forward to in uh, future releases? Gosh, that's a really good question. I have not really looked at any. Well, I, th- I think until LVO happens, we won't know a lot about what Game sh- Workshop's vision is for the future. And I think the problem is even if they knew it i don't know if they have the ability to deliver on it yeah i mean they were still waiting on some stuff that was announced months ago months and months ago um but i'm not really worried about games workshop i got my orc stuff you know orcs are done so you know that that's that's me out of the way um i just got a necromunda but i you know i don't see anything for my gang coming out um, since you're single gang you're kind of good Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a single game guy. I don't, I don't need to worry about anything like that. Um, Blood Bowl. I have three teams, so that's already way over my mark. So I don't need anything from that. Um, I have an army for AOS, and they are, they might get an update later. I don't know when, but I don't, I don't foresee them getting anything new. So I mean, gosh, I do know. Frameworks from whiz kids they're the the miniatures that they're releasing that are on sprue oh, that's right they are doing yes they're the hard plastic well. miniatures from whiz kids the frameworks miniatures that's what i'm excited for that should that should add a lot of really cool and interesting bits and miniatures to a lot of fantasy collections that you know what that that is one because i've Okay, following through on this one. So was it for Frostgrave and for Oathmark, they put together those plastic sprue sets, you know, like mm-hmm. the wizard's box. Yep. And it's like, oh, look at this. You can mix and match. So it will be interesting to get the wizards for Frostgrave box and see how well they match up 
like scale wise and fit wise it'll definitely be a little different scale for sure um but what what i'm thinking of is more of like weapons that you can put on or like scrolls and stuff or even if you have scrolls you know looking at let's go back to silver bayonet it's like how do you pump up your crew so you let's say you buy war games atlantic's 95th rifles how do you pump these guys up to make them look like they belong in a gothic world well you do what games workshop to throw some skulls and some scrolls on them and you're you're good to go with kids go. might offer that so that that'll be interesting to see what parts come in that yeah it's a good one i forgot about them and you uh, i so I mean, of course, you said LVO will definitely probably because they had to did say something for Necromunda. Yeah, so that I am interested to in see what comes out for that because I am looking. So for a horizon scan, this is deep. This is way off in the horizon here. Okay, they haven't done Spirers. So they've done um, the Outcasts. So these are people that were in the... Um, not in the underhive, they were in the regular spa, um, world and they were kicked down. So they don't belong to gangs, they're outcasts, okay. But there was in the original one, um, and you sold me one of these models, Spirers. So people who lived there and chose to go into the underhive for various reasons. Hmm. Now they're on quick jaunts. So it's someone working for a noble house who will come down. So they're like fully kitted out, fully armored, they're not living in poverty. They live in luxury. They're down in the underhive to do something. They, they so, just want to slum it out. So instead of outcasts, these are the insiders, the incasts, the, the, <laughs> the cool in-cast. kids go, yeah, and they just wander through the hive. So I'd be um, interested in that. And I did see that Games Workshop is re-releasing. Now I blanked on the box. What was the Warhammer Quest, but set in AOS? Oh, world? Um, Curse City. Her city, and they are going to support it with expansions, which is extremely nice because that has been something that people have been dying for. Yeah, so you'd only get a limited number of them, and we talked about it. That what I like about when people buy those, that means in six months their um, undone minis will go on for sale, and those are just waiting to be necromundized. Oh yeah, especially now that uh, Games Workshop started putting out the. uh, the ex- weapons expansion packs for all the gangs. Yes. So the I know classic. for I know for Christmas, Aaron stopped by and bought um, that one AOS vampire model, mm-hmm. and uh, gave you instructions not to sell me one because um, I was looking at that one. Because I mean, didn't buy one at all. So well, you know, I was I was looking at it, and because I have the Escher weapons expansion pack, mm-hmm. so I think if anything new comes out. Um, I'm looking forward to um, necromundizing um, some of Games Workshop's uh, other lines as they release more of this um, Curse City stuff. But that's I, that's going out there. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I'm extremely glad that they're re-releasing that box um, because there's a lot of really cool miniatures in there that hey, I could use for my army um, because a lot like most of the evil miniatures that are in there that's an entire band war band in my army like all that you're telling about that yeah 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 so i mean 
those are miniatures that I can't get right now, other if I unless I want to pay like an exorbitant price for them because they were not mass made. So well that that's something I've noticed is that I think Games Workshop has been forced to slow down. And uh, even though we all said, you know, it was smart to do your manufacturing in the UK when you rely on China for your paper products. So, I mean, pretty, by the time this goes up, our uh, review of Shadow Throne should come out. And I okay. bought Shadow Throne because um, it had Custody, Custodes, which I play in 40K because you only need like eight of them. And so I bought Talons of the Emperor and now I bought this. So now I have a well-rounded almost past combat patrol level up into insurrection and like you have 20 guys yeah um and i have gene stealer cults for necromunda so for me the box set made sense when you actually open up that box you can tell something happened with their paper distributor because like the artwork doesn't even fit in the box the box is too short yeah <laughs> and so there's like this curl to it they only put like two scenarios in there instead of the standard three um everything was just way slimmed down and it's like you know they might have to look into like doing like ikea and getting their own uh forest <laughs> in yeah. indonesia that they can pillage for their paper <laughs> needs <laughs> i mean they're british i mean i'm sure they have connections there, there's got to be forests around somewhere <laughs> they're in nottingham sure i mean i heard there's a forest out there <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh all right so i think uh we're gonna see how this plays out and uh we'll have to talk about lvo and yes. uh we'll see what exclusive role to get from lvo because i know the uh kill wager is going to be there and he's promised exclusives and um hopefully they're entertaining I, I like to know what your exclusives are before i send someone out with money to go get them so yes that makes me worried <laughs> but you know what forge world will be there Orgeable will be there. And, you know, I'm thinking of getting something from there for Necromunda. <laughs> You're going to get that Vansar. <laughs> I mean, it's the perfect size mech for not only not only is it usable in my Vansar gang, but it's perfect, absolutely perfect for um, Reality's Edge. Um, yeah, the um, suit, the heavy suit guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's or true. even... Uh, gamma wolves i mean it is like it is the perfect miniature i mean it is the most infinity is it is the most um what's that group you like um nomads nomads yes yeah. it is very nomady okay all right brian i think that we'll call that in for our first episode of the year all right and uh next episode we're actually going to talk to the editor of military miniature magazine it's a new american-based um wargaming magazine coming out so break breaking free of the uh british wargaming magazine <laughs> <The> british rule <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you for joining us at miniature wargaming labs and we'll see you next time bye